Hey friends, did you know that you can come hang out with me in real life? That's right. The Work In Podcast and Savage Grace Coaching makes its home in a boutique studio space called The Loft Yoga and Wellness in historic downtown Spring Valley, Ohio. This hidden gem of the Miami Valley is nestled in between Dayton, Columbus, and Cincinnati. As a part of my mission to bring a legacy of resilience through movement, each month you can join me for a hike on the bike trail, followed by a free trauma-informed vinyasa class back at the studio on Main Street. Go to savagegracecoaching.com to see the calendar and join my newsletter, A Yoga Life on Main Street, to stay up to date on all the latest studio news, events, and gossip. And now... On to this week's episode. It's time to stop working out and start working in. You found the Work In Podcast for fitness and their health-conscious clients. This podcast is for resilient wellness professionals who want to expand their professional credibility, shake off stress, and thrive in a burnout-proof career with conversations on the fitness industry, movement, nutrition, sleep, mindset, nervous system health, yoga, business, and so much more. I'm your host, Erica Thomas. I'm a resilience coach and fitpreneur offering an authentic, actionable, realistic approach to personal and professional balance for coaches in any format. The Work In is brought to you by Savage Grace Coaching, bringing resilience through movement, action, and accountability. Private sessions, small groups, and corporate presentations are available now. Visit savagegracecoaching.com to schedule a call and get all the details. Hi there, everyone, and welcome back to The Work In. Today, we are talking about resistance to resistance training. Now, back in the day, it used to be a pretty hard sell to get women to pick up heavy weights. There was a lot of false perceptions and misunderstandings about what weight training would do to a woman's body. Any body, really. People thought weights were for bulking up and cardio was for slimming down. And yes, they can get those results if you're also eating to support that activity. But resistance training is important for more than simply changing the shape of the body. It's more than simply picking up heavy weights too. So that's what today's work in is all about. Really getting over our resistance to resistance training and how and why we should. So let's just dive right in. What is it that you think of when someone says resistance training? Personally, I tend to think of great big muscle-bound guys throwing weights around in the gym, grunting and posing in front of the mirror. And that comes directly out of my childhood in the 80s, because that's really what all of the gyms looked like. And there are probably still a few places out there like that. You can use those big weights to get resistance training. 
And some of us really like that kind of training, but you can use a lot of other things too. Pretty much anything that makes what you're doing harder counts as resistance training, starting with our body weight. A yoga class is resistance training when you first start out. Bands can be an excellent way to add resistance. Isometrics, like holding a plank, is technically resistance training. And then, of course, there's adding extra weight, like holding dumbbells or wearing a weight vest. Both of those things can turn a a regular walk into real resistance training. For me, anything that we do that makes our that takes our body beyond what it can already comfortably do can be considered resistance training. But that's really the hard part, isn't it? Because in order to do that, we have to push ourselves. We have to be willing to try things that we aren't sure that we can do. So not only is there this physical resistance that we're trying to get a hold of, but we also have to overcome the mental resistance to being uncomfortable. But once we can do that, we can really do pretty much anything. So that brings us to this next question. Why? Why should we care about this kind of exercise? Isn't walking enough? And yes, Walking does great things for our body. It does great things for our mental health. It is an amazing way to connect with nature. There's so many great things about it. But for both men and women, according to the uh, National Institutes of Health, after age 30, we start to lose 3 to 8% of our muscle math mass every decade. A little bit every year and more as we age. Muscle mass loss, what we call sarcopenia, can lead to a loss of bone density, increased fat mass, increased insulin resistance, and then There's the loss of strength and function that increases the risk of falls and is a leading contributor to disability as we get older. It's really a slippery slope down the path to metabolic dysfunction, inflammation, and chronic pain in the body. And those things are hard enough to deal with when we're young, They only get worse as we get older. For women who are in perimenopause and menopause, this becomes even more difficult, more pronounced, because the loss of estrogen and testosterone makes it even more difficult to keep the muscle that we do have and to build new. But We can do it, and we should do it. Why? Well, muscle is the metabolic engine to the body. If we feed it good quality protein 
and challenge it with enough resistance, it will keep us strong and stable and mobile for our whole life. So here are some of the key things to remember when we are talking about this particular category of fitness and exercise. Muscle mass supports bone density. The more muscle, the more bone. Growing muscle takes a couple of key ingredients. The first, of course, is the right food to grow and enough of it to build and repair those muscle cells. This is specifically essential amino acids that we get from protein. And we talked all about this in our last episode, episode 154. So you can go back and check that one out. But the second piece, because it's not only about eating the right kinds of food to help us maintain that protein balance and muscle repair for the muscle we already have and to build a little bit more. It's not only about that. We have to give our muscles a reason to grow, a reason to stay. And that's what resistance exercise is supposed to do. It's basically a challenge to the muscle. And that exercise has to ask the muscle to do more than it already can do in order to need to grow and repair. If there is no need for that muscle, then the body is going to let it go. So in that process, what we are doing is not only stressing the muscle, but we're stressing the bones underneath that muscle, which in turn helps them build as well. This is all the good kind of physical stress. So if we ask for more, the body will give us more. If we ask for less, the body's going to cut back on that very, very expensive muscle. Muscle is very expensive calorically (laughs) for the body to maintain. It really requires enough of the right kind of calories and nutrients to maintain and build and repair and the the workload, right? So if we are doing both of those things, because muscle takes so many, so many calories, if we're doing both of those things in the right um, balance, then that muscle will just keep burning calories for you all day long, not just during the workout. Not just when we are lifting weights or moving under uh, body weight. And this is important because muscle is an energy tank, kind of like a gas tank. It's an energy tank for glucose, what we know of as blood sugar, right? So when we eat carbs, when we eat carbohydrates, when we eat fat, when basically when we eat, right? When we eat, we need to give those those calories, not just calories, but the glucose and the glycogen, we need to give them some place to go because if they don't have any place to go, 
They end up being stored in our fat cells and our liver. And and what that does with a higher level of of muscle mass on the body, that muscle is going to take all of that energy because that's what glucose is in the body. It's going to store it as glycogen in the muscle cells waiting for us to need them. And that process basically prevents, can help prevent insulin resistance. It can also help correct insulin resistance. So if we're already there, building more muscle is going to help shift that body composition and our blood sugar levels. So what we need to remember is that insulin and leptin resistance, both of those are key factors in metabolic syndrome and go hand in hand with a lot of other nasty things that most of us are trying to avoid, like type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, Alzheimer's and dementia, autoimmune disorders, arthritis, cancer, and pretty much all the bad things, okay? Because that insulin pathway kind of gums up our system and leaves a lot of, um, of basically all of that blood sugar running around and um, basically turn our blood into 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 syrup, which is gross. But when we can build up that muscle mass, we're giving the body a reason to burn that sugar, a way to burn that sugar and to store that sugar from the bloodstream, taking it from the bloodstream and and putting it into those muscles so that it has a place to go, has a job to do, right? So those are really important factors when we're talking about why we need to grow that muscle mass in the body. It's not, it's not about having this beautiful sculpted muscles, although that's a nice side effect because that will happen. Um, it's really because of this, this deep inside connection to our metabolism, and we can support that through our muscle growth. So this is all great, but how, how, like, what do we have to do? How can we tap into this muscle magic for better overall health in general? What does it take to actually make the muscle change? What is it? Well, that all depends on where we are starting. So in order to change a muscle, and I've said this several times already today, we need to ask it for more than it can already do, or or do something in a new way. So here's an example. Let's say we are a bodybuilder. And we are used to doing these one rep max squats with gigantic barbells. That is amazing. We can lift something super heavy one time. (laughs) So our muscles, our body gets really good at doing that one thing. So how are we going to challenge the muscle any more than we already are? Well, you can do that by using those muscles in a different way. So same muscles doing a squat with no weight, but maybe we're holding that squat pulse for 60 seconds. I guarantee you, just because you can lift that one heavy weight one time, it's going to be a challenge to hold a squat pulse for 60 seconds. Now, what about two minutes? 
Now, what about five? Same thing if, let's say you're a hiker. Maybe you are a hiker and you can hike 12 miles. And that is an amazing feat for sure. Your body is very well adapted to doing that thing. But what if we asked ourselves to pick up 20 pound dumbbells holding 40 pounds extra and to lunge across the room back and forth for three minutes? Or we gave ourselves an open-ended time frame where we lunge with that amount of weight until we're not sure that we can take another step. I guarantee you that that feels different than a hike because it's more intense. If you have never done a push-up before in your whole life, or maybe it's been a few years, maybe we start with a forearm plank because we are building the strength throughout the body to hold that body position. And we can hold that forearm plank and we practice with that forearm plank because maybe the first time we do it, we can't even hold that plank for 10 seconds. But in two, three, four days, now we're up to 30 seconds. Then we can push ourselves to 45 and maybe a minute, maybe two minutes. And we can watch every day as those core muscles build in strength. So doesn't really matter where we're starting. It's only that we do. It's only that we do start. And whatever we choose, wherever we choose to start, it needs to fatigue the muscle. For me, that means getting to the point first where I want to quit and then holding on just beyond that until my body actually has to quit with the caveat that there is no injury. There is no um, pain in the way that the joints would take that pain, right? We're not pushing ourselves into suffering where that, that causes injury. And that is going to look different for every single exercise. But just as a reminder for everyone out there, whether you are a fitness professional or whether you are a fitness enthusiast, the mind will tell us to quit long before the body actually has to. And so when we know that, we can ask for an extra breath. We can ask for an extra repetition. And that's how we can get into that um, uh, fatiguing the muscle that actually is meaningful for building muscle for actual resistance training. There is going to be a lot more resistance in the mind about this. It happens all the time. It happens to me, and I've been doing this for more than half of my life. Resistance training, though, doesn't have to be complicated. It is a critical piece, though, for our long-term health as we get older, and it's one of our main categories in our Cat 5 Challenge for the new year this year. 
So if you are starting from scratch, maybe we are coming right off the couch, I highly recommend that you find a trainer to help you learn good form for exactly what I mentioned earlier about um, preventing injury. Because strong muscles are going to help us prevent injury, but we don't want to accidentally injure ourselves in our quest for stronger muscles and higher muscle mass in the body. Now, my clients tell me that there's no way they would do the things that we do together on their own. And that is simply human nature. So that's where a trainer can really help you. Especially if you know that that's you. (laughs) If you know that you need a little extra push, a trainer is really going to help you get started. They can help you keep, keep you on track. And if you yourself are a trainer, you know the value there because we know as fitness professionals, we know how often we are asking our clients for something that they're not sure they can't even imagine that they would be able to do. And sometimes we need that as well. I know that for myself, sometimes I am the first one that needs that swift kick to get back at it. But that's part of our own work in, right? We are not necessarily wanting more. We just want to be more. And that's really what I'm keeping in mind for myself as I go forward into 2024 to just want to be a little bit more. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening today as we work our way through all five of these categories. If you like what you heard and you want to know a little bit more, you can head over to savagegracecoaching.com forward slash the work in for all the show notes for today's episode and links to our Cat 5 Challenge Tracker, as well as more information and resources for fit pros and health enthusiasts alike. Thank you again for being such an amazing listener. And if you can, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people just like you find us. See you next time on The Work In.